don't know, the wall, you don't have wallpaper, but I love the privilege of coming back to be with you guys and uh, checking up on you and encouraging you. And, you know, no matter what you're going through right now, God loves you. I really believe in being a doer of the word, and we're going to share about that here today. Uh, but you know, regardless of how much of it you do, God still loves you. You've got to know that. He, your lo- his love for you is not based on your performance. doesn't make God any more impressed. He is incredibly in love with you. Every single person in this room and in this city today is loved by God. Isn't that fantastic? That's amazing love. I wish I had that much love. I'm, I'm thankful for my uh, father, my earthly father, who, we, uh, you know, with the men here last night, there was such a great group of men in the place last night. I think that's such a healthy sign in a church where men would come out on a Saturday night, not just for a barbie, but for some spiritual input and some encouragement. That's just such a, a positive thing. Uh, my father, so, so men, don't forget the impact you have on the lives of your family that will go on for centuries if the Lord prevails. Uh, my father, is, he's turning 78 soon, and uh, he taught us Psalm 91. I've shared this with you before. When I was the age of 11, we sat around the kitchen table every night after dinner and, and read through Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth will be your shield and buckler. You will not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day, nor for the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come nigh you. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. That's a legacy that my father's left with us as children, just growing up in the house with him. Uh, now, all of my children know Psalm 91. If you've met any of my kids today and asked them, can you just quote Psalm 91? It comes out of their spirit the same way. You can pass this on to your family and your children's children's children, and you might have your own favorite psalm. Psalm 1, blesses the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his Lord does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper." You know, my father and my mother still pray for me and my siblings and my wife and my children and my grandchildren every single day of the year. I like that. I appreciate my parents' prayer, and I don't want them to die. They can just live forever as far as I'm concerned because I appreciate that covering as a, as a man of God, as a husband, as a father, as a grandfather myself. So I'm starting to cover my children with that same love and that same prayer every day. I name each one of them by name and pray the blessing and favor of the living God over them. God's doing good things in families. And, and don't, it's the little things you do every day. It really is. I would wake up every single morning to hear thump, 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 thump on the floor below me. And b- right below our bedroom when my brother and I slept as my dad was exercising at 6 a.m. in the morning. And he was doing out of that book, the calisthenics. You know the, uh, the, the military do, the... You know, all those things. Like, bang, 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 bang. Like, it just went on. And um, I'm so thankful for that. How many here have got a Fitbit? Who's wearing a Fitbit today? One, two. How many steps you've done so far today? 
I'm sure you've done more than three. 3,000? Have a look. Have a quick look. How many steps you've done? 1,000, shame on you. How many? 2,000, she's ahead of you. 6,722 steps so far today. You know why I give that credit to? Because my father set the example for me. What examples are we setting? So the average person in Australia does 5,000 steps a day. I've already done 6,700. I don't want to be average. So they encourage you when you buy a Fitbit to try and aim for 10,000. And I did that last year. That was quite fun. Um, but I decided I'm going to be more than double average. I'm going for 12,000 this year. And most days I'm getting around 12,000 steps, some days up to 20,000 steps. You've got to be very intentional. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Are you here today? <laughs> I just lost half you. Like, it's, just, it's just being accountable. My, my uh, son-in-law and my daughter, they both wear them as well. And we, we're friends together and we check up on each other how we're doing on a daily basis. Um, let me just an announce our Worship Encounter album that's just been released. It's fresh out here in Australia. I want to do it now. Uh, because at the end of the service, we want to just minister to the Lord, so I don't want to distract you from that. But I think, it's my personal opinion, uh, that it's the best album that the Lord's ever allowed us to produce. Uh, if you have got any of the others, this blows all the others out of the water, and uh, it features the harp, the Native American flute, the low Irish whistle, the American dulcimer, um, and some just great worship songs and teaching. Make sure you grab a copy before you leave today. I think I've got a sample here. We've got audio going on that. Mr. Joel Tompkinson, Chris Lang. We've got the harp, I think. We're just embarking now on 10 weeks of harp lessons by webinar. So people around the world are actually learning to play the harp as we, as we do them. And Who would like a free copy of this one? Who's like, yep, right there. So it's also on USB, and you can uh, you get these video clips. You get the fully extended version of the album. The CD only goes for 78 minutes, but on USB it goes for 90 minutes. Uh, you get the whole thing. Who would like that? Someone over this side here. Lady right there, stand up. Yeah, with, you've done the most steps with your Fitbit today. So you can, <laughs> you could have got it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Your sister, all <laughs> right. Uh, um, so I know, I know. Just be, that's a completely live album. I was sharing with Pastor James. One of the most exciting parts about it is that it wasn't even planned. We were on tour, and, and Joel Frost came with us on tour this year, uh, end of last year, and uh, we just decided 15 minutes before the service we're going to record it tonight plugged it in, bam, recorded the whole thing. No one in the congregation knew it was being recorded. So it's not a staged live album. It's just very, very live and raw, uh, but mixed really well. And uh, I just know you're going to be blessed by it. Uh, there's some other teachings there. This is the one we sold out of last night. We actually hid one copy so we could show you today. There's one copy left. Um, relationships, the true story. Becoming the man of her dreams. That's really what it's all about. The second disc does happen to have some information of becoming the woman of his dreams. Uh, 
but it's uh, really, I, I put it out for the guys to uh, take notice of and to really be encouraged by. Um, so you can order that one. We'll get some more to you. I just didn't have any idea that we'd have uh, not enough. And the whole lot comes in a pack. We've got three brand new teachings, uh, pr uh, prayer, praise, and presence, um, freedom from slave drivers. Uh, there's one on relationships and the, the new CD all in one pack together. So it gets what, what's new in 2016? Right there. God bless you. All right. Who's, who's got glasses? Put your glasses on. Let's talk about truth. Last year I shared this with you. I want to remind you again. John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, look at another translation of that. This is another version. Then Jesus turned to those who had claimed to believe in him. If you stick with this, stick with what? If you stick with living out what I tell you, does that explain it a bit more to you? Then you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth and the truth will free you. It's not enough to hear truth. You've got to experience it and live it out. I am always challenged. Anytime I read a book, listen to a book, listen to a teaching. Uh, I was listening to a teaching this morning as I was walking, and uh, it was speaking about the power of self-control. And, and, and really, you know, because one of the fruits of the Spirit is the spirit of self-control. Would you agree? And I need that a whole lot more. I need that fruit evident in my life. And one of the things he was talking about is the power of pushing back the plate. So I tried it at breakfast time. I, I had a wonderful breakfast, and I chose not to eat the whole thing and leave some of it. Like it's, I know some of you don't like that, but leave, it, leave something of everything on the plate. And, and, and as you push it back from the, from, on the table there, you, you think really positive and happy thoughts. Like, I get to not eat all of this. And I'm so happy today with the spirit of self-control as I push this plate back. <laughs> and and I've I got to say, I'm going to try it again. It felt good. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind and, and, and a self-control. And so I encourage you today, let the Spirit of God just breathe on you and just, just grab one thing. One thing from the message today, say, I'm going to live that out by the grace of God. I'm going to become a doer of that word. Are you ready today? Because that's the kind of truth that sets you free. Not just hearing it, but actually living it out. Today, the sermon title is Freedom from Slave Drivers. Uh, Exodus Chapter 6, verse 5, For I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. Everyone say slave drivers. So I will come down and rescue them. And we know the rest of the story where the, the Lord rescued them. And, you know, but He's also rescued us today. He has sent someone really special called Jesus, His only Son. And he's made a way to rescue us today. Because you can be free from your slave drivers. We live in one of the freest countries in the world. Yet I find a lot of people who are not free that are in the house of God. How can we live in such a free nation and yet be completely bound? Because we allow these slave drivers to continue to control our lives. Salvation is not just about heaven and hell. It's about being free today. Salvation, God just didn't save you so you could get to heaven. He saved you so you could live and walk in the freedom now. He saved you so you could walk in the health of God right now. So I've got a question for you. What's driving you? What are the things that are driving your life? And if we, if we were to be really vulnerable and honest today, 
every one of us have one or two slave drivers. Come on. You think, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm past all that. I'm, I'm really holy. I'm very spiritual. Um, let, me just, let me just point out a few today just in case you've forgotten some of them. Um, we all have to deal in some area with slave drivers. Here's one for you. Insecurity. Insecurity. Constantly more concerned with what others think about you than how God sees you. That is a slave driver. And God did, just didn't save you so you get to heaven and be with him. He wants you to be free from this now. He wants you to be the most secure people in Gladstone. He wants you to be the most secure people on the planet. And I say walk out of insecurity. Walk out of what other people think about you and walk into the confidence of God in your life. It's not arrogance. You see, yes, we dress up, we, we put nice clothes on, and we, we do things so that people will like us and impress us, but don't live out of, out of that feeling of, what if I'm not accepted? You are loved by the creator of the universe. You are accepted by God. Now walk as a child of God. We should be the happiest ones walking down our street. We should be smiling at everybody else in the town because the joy of the Lord is our strength. He lives within us. Be secure in who you are in Christ. Can I say this? Secure people are attractive. And it's not to do with your features and how refined you are in your bodily features. Secure, there's something attractive about security. And I say people who, who God wants to bring in and, and save and restore, uh, they should find a bunch of secure people, not insecurity. You know, insecurity is rife in the church, and I see it all the time. Just be secure who you are. Don't have to compare yourself to other people. Be who you're called to be. Be, be the best version of you because no one else is going to do a good job of that. Only you can. Here's another one. Anger. Did anybody ever get angry? Who gets angry every now and then? Put your hand up. The rest of you are lying. <laughs> you're, you're, or you're dead. You're just kind of here in zombie state this morning. We all get angry at times. If you, you, you know, if you're living, you, you, have, you have to deal with anger. How much you express it or not is, is, is probably the real issue. But when you, this is incredible. When you get angry, the, the blood leaves your brain and rushes to your major muscles, and it's known that you lose 25% of your IQ when you get angry. Now, the average IQ in Australia, it used to be 100 used to be. It's now registering about uh, 76, no, not 76, sorry, 90, 96, 97. Um, the average. Uh, and so when you lose 25% of that, you're bordering on mental retardation. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've never, I've never been proud of what I've said when I'm angry. I've never been proud of what I've done when I've experienced anger. And the Lord has given us a spirit of self-control, and he wants us to walk away from slave drivers like that. In fact, we often use the scripture, be angry and sin not. So the Bible says I can be angry, but that's only one verse. You should read all the rest as well. It speaks more about being really slow to anger, slow to explode, and slow to lose your top, and find a way to cool down and deal with that anger other than bottling it up. 
Like it goes further, fits of rage is actually an outburst of anger, completely out of control anger. And I, I think I've told you the story before, but I was at um, a fast food place in our town and uh, a guy from church was swearing and abusing the girl across the counter, the poor little girl that served him, because one piece of chicken was missing from the bucket. I mean, that's out of control, man. Like, really, is it that big a deal? Just buy another one if you need to, if you really need that extra piece of chicken. This is not a negative message, by the way. This is a positive message. because It's actually about freedom. We're going to talk about these slave drivers so we can walk out of them and be free today. Lust, completely driven by and compelled by fleshly desires. The Bible says clearly over and over, don't give into the lust of the flesh. Again, we've been given a spirit of self-control. You don't have to live a life that's enslaved to lust. Depression, here's another one. Self-pity and feeling like you're not good enough. The place where your mind goes, where you circle around and and, and think about your own problems all the time. And here's the thing. I've never seen anybody depressed while they look after other people. I've never seen anybody depressed and dance at the same time. I've never seen anyone depressed and exercise at the same time. Is anyone here today? Depression is not on the, on the decrease. It's on the increase in society. And I say as the church of the living God, we've got to find the answers from the Word of God and walk out of these slave drivers. And I know it's not quite that simple. My wife has battled and struggled with clinical depression for 15 years or so. And I just see her in the last 18 months walking out of that thing. Like, it's severe. It's harsh. It's, it's we, you know, when we first people told, we, we, when the doctor diagnosed her and we told people, people were like, don't, don't touch it. She's got clinical depression. And, and we refuse to be judgmental against people who suffer with depression. But listen, there's a better way. There's a better life. You know, just the simple discipline of exercising every day actually does something against depression. Did you know that a handful of raw cashews drives away depression? There's the, the I forget the name of the enzyme or, the, or the, the substance that's in cashews, not the roasted salted ones, yeah, because all that's gone. Cashews. I mean, give someone a handful of cashews, please, and say, ha- get happy. Does anybody dislike cashews? Like, they're an amazing nut. Come on. He came to set us free. I say, your salvation is for now. Your salvation is for you to live in now. Failure. Failure or fear of failure is a slave driver. Many times we refuse to engage in something new because of a fear of failure. We don't want to set ourselves up to fail. Well, you know what? Failing is how we learn. You know how babies learn to walk? Failing. The only way they can truly learn to walk, and all of you have done this, is you've fallen down. When our child, our eldest child, Melody, first started learning to walk, um, she was actually a late walker. We're like, what's wrong with you, kid? You know, we go to one of those, those the, apparently they're not very good. We found out later they're not very good for you. Little wheels and the seat in them and, you know, kind of push yourself around. And apparently that wasn't all that good, but that's what we knew at the time. Um, and um, I remember Melody taking her first step. She took one step and fell flat on her face. And as parents, we rejoiced. Like, that's amazing. 
our child took a step and Desma, go and grab the camera and let's get a photo of her second step. Like, this is amazing. Our first child is about to take a second step and we're just going to launch her into this. Are you ready? She took two steps and fell flat on her face. And somehow as adults, we, we go to really dislike that feeling of failing. But you've got to have a go at something. Oh, I tried that. didn't work. Well, have another go. Try something else. Come on. This, the, God wants us to walk in freedom from failure. Well, you are going to make it. Stop saying I'm not going to make it. You are going to make it. Another slave driver. Reproach. A nagging sense that people just don't like me. For no reason at all, you feel like this reproach around you. And I tell you what, Jesus has come to set you free. It was for freedom that you were set free. There is a way for you to walk out of this. Sometimes there's a spirit of reproach that comes around our lives. And I thank God for men and women of God that have stood with us over the years. A, a great apostle of God came to my wife and I one day in the middle of a conference. And we're just there attending the conference. He says, I see a spirit of reproach around your life. And we just want to pray for you and break break that off you and he just broke that thing in the name of Jesus and replaced it with favor I mean favor is better than reproach does anybody agree with that would you rather have favor with man or live under reproach where you feel like people don't like you I say God's come to set you free walk as a free person walk as a free man and woman of God today step out of reproach step into the favor of God Jesus grew in favor with God and with man here's another one Greed and gluttony. Ooh. A feeling like I just can't get enough. Nothing fills me up. We're sharing with uh, the leaders that there's a, a type of sugar that our brain doesn't have an off switch for called fructose. And it's probably the, one of the only foods that we engage with where our brain does not have a, a switch that says you've had enough of that. In fact, bears go into hibernation after eating too much honey, right? You've heard of that. They just literally pass out. They just don't know when to stop. They don't have an off switch for it. And I believe that God set us free from this. He, he came to give us salvation now that we don't need to live a gluttonous life, that we know how to say no to things. We know how to push the plate back. Come on. Like, kill that thing. Walk away from it. Like, live in the freedom of Christ. Live with that spirit of self-control. Are you here today? It's very quiet in this church this morning. What you're talking about, all these personal things, Andrew. We, it, it goes to show that we don't know how to handle abundance. A great test of this is all the young guys I, I get to take on tour with me. And Frosty, where's Frosty? Over here. He got to experience that. Uh, within, a, within a few days of being on tour, I, uh, I watch the guys when we go to restaurants and takeaway shops because there's unlimited refills of soft drink. And the guys are like, wahoo, like let's, this is amazing. So during the course of a meal, they have, they'll have several tall glasses, you know, two, three, four, and then ask for another one to take away when they're finished as well so we can have some more on the bus. And then five minutes down the road, we've got to stop and so they can all pee. Uh, and, and it just shows that we, we don't have an off switch for this kind of stuff. And uh, a little while later, we watched this. Uh, I asked them to sit down and watch this film with us. It's called That Sugar Movie. 
that sugar film. Anybody seen that one? If you haven't seen it, you want to watch it. It'll actually help you with some truth regarding sugar. Uh, we got to the end of that movie, and the pastors that we were with at that time, and their worship leader was there in the room as well, they cried at the end of that movie. In, like, it's actually quite a humorous movie. But they cried. They were, they were in tears, repenting, because of what have they done to their bodies? And what a, our Western world has done to the rest of the world in repentance. You see, it's okay to be addicted to sugar, but not to heroin. It's okay to be addicted to sugar, but not to cocaine. It's the acceptable addiction in our society. Oh, oh. <laughs> kind of takes me, takes me another one here. <laughs> Addictions. You've got sugar in there as well, Andrew. As we all look at drugs and alcohol and porn, and sugar is just as bad. You don't think you're addicted? Give it up for a month. Completely. I mean, absolutely, completely. I say that Jesus has come to set us free. Come on, you're the church of the living God. Let's live as the free ones, not the bound ones. You know, I'm not telling you you have to do this today, but if God's talking to you, maybe it's time. So my wife and I, we don't have any sugar in our house. We don't keep any cakes or chocolates or, or uh, cookies, and much to my children and grandchildren's dismay. We don't keep any processed foods in our house at all. And there's nothing you just go and snack on at any time. If you're going to have something, you have to actually make it. You're going to put it all together from raw ingredients and create a meal, which takes you uh, some time. So here's another one. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can be an incredible slave driver in our life. A feeling like I'm finding it really hard to forgive this person. And if you've been hurt really bad, you know it's a process that you don't just do it once and you get over it, but it's a life of walking out of unforgiveness and into total forgiveness and total freedom. I've shared with you before about a, a story with a particular leader that I had a, a falling out with and a disagreement and hurt, incredible hurt, and uh, it, took, it took years to walk back into forgiveness. Because you can say, I forgive you, but then you see that person or hear their name or see them on Facebook and that thing rises back up inside you again. And I remember, I remember walking my dog Reggie. I've told you about Reggie before, a little white fluffy multi Shih Tzu. He's the most forgiven dog on the earth. Because when we go walking in the mornings, I would say these things out loud. I forgive you. I release you. I bless you. Come on, Reggie, let's go for a walk. I forgive you. And I was thinking about this man, this leader. I forgive you. I release you. I bless you. As I'm praying the blessing of God upon his life, that thing is lifting off my life. But I remember doing that for about 18 months every morning. Part of my prayer walk again, I forgive you. I release you. I bless you. I forgive you. There's great power in those words. You see, the words that come out of your mouth are stronger than the thoughts of unforgiveness that you think. It's stronger than those hurt, that pain that resides within you. If you just voice it out, I forgive you. Lord, help me forgive this person. I release you. Help me release this one. I bless you. Help me to speak blessing over their life, the favor of blessing over their life. And I remember at the end of that process, sending this leader an email, thinking, okay, it's all done now. It's all good. But as I started to type the email, all this stuff started rising up again. Well, if you had never said such and such, 
it would have been okay. You know, you and have done da-da-da when you're da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And the Lord, Lord said, no, 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 backspace, 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 backspace. Just say you're sorry. Because we want to qualify our apology, don't we? Just say you're sorry. Sorry it didn't work out. Sorry that we caused pain. Would you forgive us? Okay. Send. Gone. Now it's done. Oh, that feels good. It's all over now. And then you look for a response. You check that you got the email address correct. Did I miss a letter or something? There's no response. A couple of weeks later, there's still no response. I mean, a month later, doesn't he care? Like, I, I, just, I just humbled myself and, and asked for forgiveness and apologized. And two months later, no response. Three months or so later, finally I get a response, but it wasn't the kind I thought I was going to get. It had another five darts attached to it. Oh, you idiot. What were you thinking anyway? I mean, you should have done such and such. And <laughs> Come on, Reggie. <laughs> I forgive you. I release you. I bless you. All over again. I forgive you. I release you. I mean, you should see Reggie. He's a happy dog. <laughs> I bless you. I forgive you, I release you, I bless you. You know that pain you feel in your heart, it starts to go. Jesus came to set us free from every single slave driver, including unforgiveness. Come on, people. Let's, let's live as the free. Let's live as though we're, we're taking on this freedom right now. People are, people are also addicted to social media. What are people saying about my post? We put a post up five minutes later, we're checking again. How many likes has that got? Quick, quick, quick. Why doesn't, why doesn't everyone like my post? <laughs> there is hope. There is freedom from these slave drivers. Let me read it again from Exodus chapter 6. For I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, so I will come down and rescue them. Jesus has already come. Now he wants us to step into his truth. Again, John 8.32, Jesus turned to those who had claimed to believe in him and said, if you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then, will you, then you will experience for yourselves the truth and the truth will set you free. I've got a, a friend, John Mason, who's done a lot of writing, and one of the thoughts he wrote about was, was forgiveness. Let me just read this to you here. Living a life of unforgiveness is like driving your car with the parking brake on, ladies. Oh, it doesn't say ladies in here. I just added that on. Because men would never do that, would they? They'd never drive with the parking brake on. See, that, ladies, that was your opportunity to forgive me right there. Uh, yeah, I release you. I bless you. One of the most expensive luxuries that you can possess is to be unforgiving towards someone. A deep-seated grudge in your life eats away at your peace of mind like a deadly cancer. The heaviest load that you can possibly carry on your back is a pack of grudges. 
Never reject forgiveness. Come on, look at this, church. Never reject forgiveness and the opportunity to forgive. The weak can never forgive because forgiveness is a characteristic of the strong. When you live a life of unforgiveness, revenge naturally follows, but revenge is the deceiver. It looks sweet, but it's often most bitter. It always costs more to revenge a wrong than to bear it. You can never win by trying to get even the score. As a Christian, be the first to forgive. Forgiveness is really your deepest need and highest achievement. Without forgiveness, life is governed by an endless cycle of resentment and retaliation. What a dreadful waste of effort. Johann Leviter said, He who has not forgiven an enemy has never yet tasted one of the most sublime enjoyments of life. Forgiving those who have wronged you is the key to personal peace. What the world needs is the peace that passes all misunderstanding. Forgiveness also releases you for action and freedom. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Look at this. Never cut what can be untied. Don't burn bridges. You'll be surprised how many times you have to cross that same river. Unforgiveness is empty, but forgiveness makes a future possible. People need loving when they least deserve it. Come on, come on, spouses. Come on, marriages. I'm talking to you. People need loving when they least deserve it. Every person should have a special grave at the cemetery in which to bury their faults of the friends and their loved ones. To forgive is to set a prisoner free. That prisoner was you. You'll get out of the right side of bed and you'll start your day on the right foot if you ask yourself every day, who do I need to forgive? Who do I need to forgive today? And well, what I would like us to do right now is just respond to the Lord. In Luke 6, 9, Jesus said to the man who had the withered hand, he said, stretch forth your hand. And he did. His hand was as healed as whole as the other. I've got a question for all of you. Look at the screens for a second. Which hand did Jesus say to stretch forth? The good hand or the withered hand? It doesn't say. What does it say? Stretch forth your hand. Well, we assume he, that Jesus meant the withered hand, but what we are really good at in Pentecostal charismatic churches, we're really good at stretching forth the good hand time and time again. How's it going? Where, where's our sister that greeted me this morning? How's it going? She said, good. I said, that's not acceptable. On, <laughs> on tour, we teach our young guys, good is not a, a, a great word for responding, how's it going? Good. Hide the withered one. How's it going? Marvelous. Oh, how's it really going? Awesome. Well we, well, we come into church with a withered hand and we walk out with our withered hand. And I've got another question for you. If the man who had the withered hand stretched forth his good hand, would he have been healed? It's a bit of a trick question because we don't know the answer to that because... God is God, and he may have healed him anyway, but chances are he would have gone away still with a withered hand if he'd just stretched forth his good one. But maybe the kindness of God, the goodness of God would have just healed him anyway. But I say as a church, and we gather together like this on Sundays, why don't we, why don't we become good at stretching forth our withered hand to the Lord and say, Lord, here it is again. Would, would you heal me today? 
And I would, I would guess that, that every single one of us here today have one or two slave drivers and, in the form of a withered hand that we need to stretch forth to the Lord today. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to stand up. We're not going to sing a song. We're just going to respond to the Lord today. Everyone's standing. We normally have a nice, big, long, emotional song and a big moment here. But I want us to actually make a decision today that we, we want to respond to Jesus who has come and paid the price to set us free. And we as believers already, we want to actually live out that freedom by stretching forth our hand to the Lord today. And I'm just going to ask you to leave your seat, come and stand in the front here and say, here it is, Lord. I don't want to know about it. No one else wants to know about it. Just bring it to the Father this morning. Would you do that? Just leave your seat right now. No further ado, just come and stand out the front. Say, Lord, here's my withered hand. It might even be one I haven't even talked about. There's, there's many, many, many of them. We don't have to mention them all to actually get to them. And some of you, some of you guys who think, I don't even have a withered hand, well, yours is pride. Uh-oh. So that's like all of us, isn't it? Because the ones that don't think they have a withered hand are so full of pride they can't see it. So I say, humble yourself before the Lord. In the moment, I'm going to take you through some steps of walking into this freedom. The first one of those is to surrender and repent. I say today, let's be good at repenting. <laughs> let's be quick to repent. Some, some people believe in the grace of God so much we never need to repent again another day of our life. But I look at the life of King Saul and the life of King David. And God, the Bible says clearly that God loved David because of his repentant heart. But he resisted Saul because of his hardness of heart. And if you look at the life of King Saul, the life of King David, David probably did a whole lot more wrong that was worse than what Saul did. But God said, I love David because of his repentant heart. He kept bringing that withered hand back to the Lord. Are you here? So I, I, I say, keep a soft heart. Don't harden your heart and say, okay, I'm living under grace and God's done it all, so that's all it for me. Well, really. I'd say, let's keep coming back to the Father. Those that are here, just, just step forward a little bit more because there's some more that need to come. Don't, don't, just, just step out of your seat and come. I want to see everyone that God's talking today. Just come. Come, 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 come. Don't hesitate. Just be a part of this moment here. It's a holy moment when we actually respond to the Lord. You say, I can do it at home. I can do it sitting down. But here's a holy moment right now where we as a church are truly humbling ourselves and reaching out to God to say, Lord, I repent. I surrender. I give in. I need your help. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Would you, would you with me today, everyone, stretch forth your hands to the Lord. Stretch forth the good hand. Stretch forth the withered hand. And as you do, in the name of Jesus, be healed right now. Let healing flow. Here it is, Father. He's the good, the bad, the ugly. And we just surrender it to you. We repent, we walk away from it, and we ask you for healing. Father, let us walk out of the doors of this church today with our head held high and a massive smile on our face saying, God, it is well with my soul. We just, we just got to meet with you again this morning, Father, and we got to stretch forth our withered hand to you and 
I thank you for miracles in people's souls. I thank you for miracles in their bodies, for miracles in their circumstances. Lord, you're the God of miracles today. And as we just completely surrender at your altar today, as we completely repent of this thing, we thank you, Father, for forgiveness. We thank you for healing in the name of Jesus. Chances are many of us need to forgive someone. And I want you to say it out to me. Say, I forgive you. I release you. I bless you. Say it again. I forgive you. I release you. I bless you. Now picture that person, whoever it might be. Picture them as you say it again. Say it again. I forgive you. I release you. I bless you. One more time, and I want, I want you to say it with a smile on your face and let the joy of the Lord come out of you this time. Say it. I forgive you. I release you. I bless you. Wow. There it is. The healing of God. Fill, flow, release. Thank you for that amazing anointing. You wash over us, Father. You wash over us with your word. You love us regardless of our performance. You're so kind to us, Lord, and we thank you for that. You're so patient with us, Father. We thank you for that. We thank you for the privilege of just being here on this particular Sunday, early in the year, beginning of February, and here we are saying, Lord, we're walking in healing. Thank you, Lord, for healing every part of our life. In the name of Jesus, Jesus came to set us free. Kate, I don't know uh, if the team knows that song, I'm No Longer a Slave to Fear. That's okay. I, I don't know if you heard the song service, the worship service this morning. There's so many songs about freedom. I'm going, okay. There's a little bit of a theme happening here. But you know those words, my chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love. Amazing grace. Come on, sing that again. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. Can I say this today? God is not mad at you. He looks on you with such kindness, such love, such acceptance. And whether you responded today or not, He loves you just the same. Keep a soft heart. This year, don't let your heart become callous and hard by circumstances and disappointments and frustrations. Walk in the freedom of Christ. In your workplace, be the one who's just got that freedom about them. It's like, it's okay, man. 
it's all right. You know, when, when things get tough and finances get tough, come on, walk in the freedom of Christ. He, he abundantly supplies for all those that, that love him and serve him. He's just, he said, look at the sparrow. It doesn't worry. It's just, it just gets up the next day and has a good time. Enjoy the life God's given you. So here's some simple steps. My, my iPad went flat. It doesn't matter because we have other ways of connecting. Um, one moment here. I just want to finish with this. Um, Kate, maybe we could... Um, we could, uh, what's the second song you sang? What was the bridge? Is it, is it, you broke every chain of me. Could you put the words up of that, that um, second song we sang today? Salvation uh, from, from these slave drivers. Look at this. Uh, number two. Oh, we put the other, yes, that's all right. Um, let me read this. Number one, surrender and repent. Number two, confess your sin to each other. Now, please don't go and tell ten people, this is my withered hand. <laughs> one person. One person will be fine. It's a biblical principle. I didn't write it. There's something, about, there's something freeing about that. It's, it's bringing that thing into the light. And just someone else that you can actually know that loves you and cares for you and will pray with you and keep agreeing with you. Be vulnerable. Like, if you really want to walk in this freedom of Christ, live the Word of God. We like to, we like to kind of ignore that verse. Oh, no, I can't tell you. I can't tell. I can't possibly tell anybody about that because they'll judge me for the rest of my life. Again, let's go back to the first one, insecurity, fear of man. See, if we're going to walk in this thing called freedom, let's live it. And I say just find someone who you trust and we'll actually keep that trust and pray with you. Is anyone here today? It will help you. Uh, number three, um, it follows right on being accountable to each other. Find ways of being accountable. If, if pornography is a problem, put accountability software on the devices and be accountable to someone. So I get emails from another young man who came to me one day and said, I just can't, this thing's just destroying me. My fiance that I was about to marry is calling off the wedding because of pornography. I said, well, listen, here, give me all your devices. Let's put this accountability software on here. That's going to send me an email every week telling me what you've been looking at. There's, it's out there. You can choose to be accountable or not be accountable. It's your choice. God gave you a free will. Uh, but, yeah, my Fitbit is another way of being accountable. My family members know exactly where I'm up to. Yeah? And uh, all the, everything that's going on, there's a lot more to it than that. Um, and number four, develop new habit patterns. So if your habit is, is, is something of waking up and thinking about all these, these people or that person that's hurt you and dwelling on that unforgiveness, develop a new habit. Like do the opposite. Start to think positive thoughts and pray over them and speak those words of life over them. Whatever it is, if you're a gluttonous person, don't eat the whole meal and push it away from you. <laughs> I'm, that's me, man. I love to eat too much. All the time. My off switch has been retarded over the years, and I'm learning to fix it up again. Come on, this is the freedom of Christ. That's the freedom. That's, this is what we should be saying to the world. This is how it feels to be free. I want to write a song one day. This is how it feels to be free. Not, I'm just as bound as you are. I haven't figured out the freedom of Christ. 
Jesus came to set us free from every slave driver. I say to you to walk in it today. It's not just this moment of prayer. It's about new habits. It's about changing things in your life and walking out of the grace of God, not in your strength, but the grace and the empowering measure of God in your life. Amen? Come on, we, we, we have to sing that song. And I want, I want you to, no, don't go back to your seat. I want us to sing and declare this song as I hand over to Pastor James this morning. And, and sing it with, with this understanding of freedom from slave drivers. Sing it with this revelation uh, of what we've just been talking about today. And declare it. Prophesy these words. Prophesy this song over your family and over this district and over your life in the name of Jesus. through Andrew.